0: Welcome, welcome, everyone, back to The Purpose Effect and to this year's final episode. This has been one amazing ride for me. I have spoken to some of the most incredible women building businesses, advocating for refugees, for sexual health and well-being, for diversity, for mental health, and for zero waste, and much, much more. So thank you to everyone who has joined me on this journey. And most of all, a big thank you to you guys, my lovely listeners. Over 2,000 of you have tuned in from more than 27 countries around the world. Thank you so much for sharing your day with me. I wanted to end this year by reflecting on some of the things we've learned from 2021. So I asked some of the women who you've heard from on The Purpose Effect to share their lessons and what they're bringing forward into 2022. These pandemic years have been so full of disruption and change and have been deeply unsettling, but it has also made us more resilient. We have truly learned to reject the hustle culture that was serving no one. Slow down and listen. Nicola Hassan, one of my earliest guests and the founder of brand experience agency Avantex, had this to
1: say the most important lesson that I learned in 2021 has been that of timing and patience to trust in the timing of things that things happen for a reason and to embrace it and be very confident in it as well. I will never forget
0: Nicola telling me back when we recorded together in July, the importance of being unapologetic about setting boundaries. This is what Nicola is bringing into 2022 with her.
1: I think my best advice that I can give myself for next year is to Take that time to pause because life can get really busy and the pace can get very hurried. Now that everything's reopened, we're back to that grind culture. And I think I would need to remind myself to take that time to pause, to give myself a pat on the back, to recognize my growth and acknowledge how far I've come so far That's really important to do for next year. And I hope to be able to make that a constant habit. When you do take time to pause
0: and recognize how far you've come, what happens? You learn the power of your own impact. Sex-positive advocate Jasmine King had this to say.
2: The most important lesson I've learned this year is that you don't have to wait for people to give you opportunities. You create your own opportunities for yourself. And what a powerful gift that is from you to you. I am leaving behind my fear of the unknown and bringing forth courage and excitement for the future. I don't know where I'm going, but I won't let that stop me from going forward anyway.
0: Adele Barlow, who started her copywriting agency, Copy & Co, early this year, has also learned that in a world full of uncertainty, the only constant, the only thing you can truly trust is yourself. I think when
3: you're starting a business, the limiting factor is you. So it's figuring out what you want to build, why you want to build it, how you want to build it. And the only way to figure out those answers is to trust yourself and to just do it.
0: Tracy Minok Nuku went through a lot of changes in her life this year. She started a podcast, Sexy Aging, which has been hugely successful. Check it out if you haven't already. And she moved back to New Zealand after 20 years in Malaysia This is what Tracy has learned.
4: I have learned to let go of expectations and go with the flow. And anyone that knows me would be a little bit shocked by that because I do like to have the whole plan sorted out and the list of step-by-step, and I follow the step-by-step to get to the destination. And this year, with so much change, I just had to roll with it. So I moved back to my home country without knowing that I was moving back. (laughs) I came back to drop my daughter off to boarding school and decided that we were going to stay permanently. And I didn't know when I would be able to see my husband again, and we didn't know where we would live or which city. We didn't have a school for our son. And so I just spent time... Visiting friends up and down the country and really embracing that wonderful opportunity. And that was a great lesson, which was be in the moment, you just never know what's going to happen, and keeping a sense of positivity and joy. And in other exciting news, Tracy has picked up some new
0: habits in 2021.
4: I would get up at 4 a.m. every morning and write for an hour and a half. And I wasn't writing for the sake of writing, although what I was writing was very cathartic. I actually wrote a book. And as of yesterday, the 6th of December, I officially finished writing. And so I'm very much looking forward to sharing that with the world. I'm a little bit anxious with it, but um, it was a great habit. And I wasn't to know that I would be doing that in 2021. So I'm really happy that I continued and I got a lot of joy out of writing. My advice to my next year self is to take time to enjoy the process. And what I mean by that is I am taking some time to build something unique and new And I'm having to learn a lot of new skills, especially digitally around that. And I don't want to push myself to go any faster than absolutely necessary. And I am enjoying every step along the way.
0: That really resonated with me because when I started this podcast earlier this year, I wasn't sure where it would go and I was extremely anxious about it. But it has pushed me out of my comfort zone and made me a lot more comfortable With being uncomfortable. If I have learned two things from this year from getting uncomfortable, it would be these. Firstly, don't be afraid to ask for something and don't wait for somebody to offer it to you. If you have the courage to ask and you ask nicely, you will be surprised how many people say yes. I am constantly humbled by the incredible women who have agreed to share their stories and their time with me here on the Purpose Effect and have supported me so generously on this little adventure. If it's worked for me, why not you? And secondly, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations is a great way to learn how to trust yourself. Put your hand up for a new opportunity next year. Apply for that job in an industry that's always excited you. Take that course in that thing you thought you might be good at, but were afraid to try. When you are in an uncomfortable situation, only you can get yourself out of it. And when you learn that not only will you get yourself out of it, you'll score goals while doing so, you'll realize that betting on yourself is the safest bet you can take. A few weeks ago, I sat down with Sarah May Lowe, one of Malaysia's top astrologers and tarot card readers. Sarah does readings for clients all around the world and is one of the most intuitive and fascinating humans I have ever met. If you want to learn how to trust yourself, Sarah's life and career has been an amazing example of what happens when you listen to your intuition and trust in what it's telling you. You'll hear more of what Sarah has to say next year at the start of next season in January, but I did ask her to do a reading on what we can all expect from 2022. Here's what you need to know
2: so on an astrological point of view um, right now i'm doing tarot cards but from an astrological point of view right now it, it is actually the age of aquarius it started um in december 2020 and it's go- um it will be the age of aquarius for like a, a few hun- hundred years so i would say that this pandemic happened for a reason Everyone, the, or everyone always asks me, Sarah, when will things get back to normal again? You know, the past two years, I always get this question, Sarah, when will things get back to normal again? And I tell them that things will never get back to normal. It's a whole new world. You need to accept it. You really, really need to accept it. So, but from the positive perspective, a lot, I find that a lot of people are much more resistant now. They realize that what couldn't kill me really, really made me stronger. Yeah. So I picked up three cards. So let's see what the card says. And it's very interesting because the first card, it is the lover's card. And lover's card, it is actually the year, the, the card for 2022. Because two plus zero plus two plus two equals to six. And lover's card, it is number six. And what is interesting about the lover's card, it is that this card is the card that represents the Gemini zodiac sign because there's two people here. But just now, when I picked the card, it was in reverse. So what does this mean? From a career or business or like, you know, because this is just a general overall reading for everyone out there or who who are listening, I would say that a lot of people are wanting to do something but maybe the first half of the year may not be the time to do certain things yet. So this one, this card, lover's card means like wanting to do the things that you love, but when it is in reverse, it means that there will be certain um, hurdles still. Because the next card, it is actually a celebration. I foresee that there will be a lot of um, marriages happening next year. Yeah, so I do see marriages and this card is upright. So it is positive. And because this is this card is number four, when there are four pillars here, or four wands, or four sticks over here, it symbolizes stability also. The last card it is the hangman card. The thing is, a lot of people are quite scared of this hangman card. However, look at the card closely. This hangman does not show that you're hang at the neck. This person is upside down, hang at the leg. So when you watch Batman movies. When Batman or bats, when they sleep, they sleep upside down. So when, when Batman, when he's sleeping upside down, he's actually reflecting and thinking. Okay, how can I defeat the Joker? How can I defeat that, that penguin man? So next year, people will also still be in that reflecting mode. You see, there's a sun around this person's head. It means an enlightenment. They, they will be uh, more progress compared to the past one and a half years, but people are still like reflecting what is my next step? This pandemic really crushed and break down a lot of our foundation. So it certainly
0: sounds like there are some blue skies ahead, despite the fact that there may be a few rough seas in order to get there, but also an opportunity to rebuild the foundations which may have crumbled over the past two years, and to rebuild them in totally new and exciting ways. A woman who knows a thing or two about rebuilding foundations is my first ever guest on The Purpose Effect, Kylie Dennis, an entrepreneur who sees possibility everywhere and the founder of Homology Yoga. When I first spoke to Kylie back in April of this year, she was in the process of closing homology studio space and focusing on homology Online, her digital yoga classes which reach students all over the world. In what felt like a full circle moment, I sat down with Kylie again, this time in her brand new space. That's right, people. When the wind closes the door of one studio space, months later, it sometimes opens the doors to another. We talk about diving headfirst into uncertainty. The fact that there are actually no certainties at all and that there is always more than one way to solve a problem. But first of all, we talk about what Kylie has learned from this year.
3: I think this year, there kind of been like two major things that came up for me. And the first is learning that I have an identity separate from my business. And it might sound obvious, but I think for so many years, I had my identity just really very intimately connected to my business. And I believe to some extent for a lot of entrepreneurs and anyone who is really close to what they do for a living, um, especially if it resonates with some sort of um, personal core value of yours, that there's always going to be that little bit of connection there to like your core identity. But I think mine was, really enmeshed, like so far beyond just being like a little bit tied to like some of my values and some things that I enjoy and some of my hobbies. Like it was everything that I was. And that becomes a little bit concerning when you start to sort of feel the highs and lows of the natural sort of trajectory of entrepreneurship, right? Because, you know, the business is going to go through high periods and low periods and last year was probably one of the lowest of the lows for many entrepreneurs was a really challenging environment to work in and it was sort of where I met this this moment where I was like there's a potential that my business could fail here and I really had to come to terms with the fact that if my business were to fail or if my business were to close it's not that I've failed as a person. My self-worth isn't dependent on my business doing well or it being successful or someone else's perceived notion of what success is, right? And so I think that was both the, a really important moment, but the most valuable learning that I could have taken away from, from last year, from the last two years, I guess, was that. And I think with that knowledge... I was able to kind of do new things because if you are so enmeshed in like needing to succeed in your business, risk then is something that you're probably unwilling to take, right? You don't really want to venture into like new or scary territory because (laughs) the risk of failing is there. I really, I sat down and I, I right away, I went to see my therapist and I was like, Hey, this is how I'm feeling what can we do about this? And and we worked through it together. And when I felt like I was standing on stable ground, then I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's dive into something new. Let's try to shift this around and try something different.
0: So you're talking about the transition from having a physical yoga space and a a physical yoga community to virtual classes, online classes, that shift.
3: Yeah. Yes actually physically closing the space as well, right? Because in doing that, it almost felt like I was relinquishing my establishment in the community, right? My, the thing that anchored me, that gave me like, I, I suppose, credibility, right? And you know, if you go and try and sign up for um, payment platforms or anything like this, right? Obviously with an online business, we have um, a payment gateway and all of these things. And they always ask for like a physical address and writing my home address just felt like, ah, it just felt like, you know, yeah. Like
0: unprofessional or something. Like
3: somehow unprofessional in a way. Yeah. Like I wasn't a a real yoga studio because I didn't have a physical um, address anymore. So yeah, like letting go of that and being able to say like I have an identity outside of that was very freeing to be able to make a transition and not feel like um my identity would be dependent on the success or failure of that new mission, but also in the sense that it also gave me the liberty to like free up my time. Right? That like I didn't have to constantly be working and making it work and and hustling And then that's kind of the other thing that came up for me was that I realized that although sometimes when you look at like certain industries, there's like a predominant way of doing things, it doesn't necessarily mean that that is Mm -hmm. the only way to do it. And this is something that I advocate for often in the yoga classroom, but it just, I think in my professional life, you know, as a entrepreneur, it had never really occurred to me until this year, but there is more than one way there is almost always more than one way to do anything there is more than one way to do triangle pose or warrior two and it will need to be tailored to fit different body types but when I thought about you know my lifestyle and the things that I want for my own work lifestyle I hadn't really actually considered that maybe there might be a model or way of doing business that would better suit what I wanted until, you know, of course, the pandemic kind of catapulted me into it, but it really did kind of give me a pause to think about, okay, how else could I do this? And that maybe I don't have to do what every other yoga studio is doing. Maybe there can be another way to do this. What
0: has been the outcome? I mean, you've kind of proved that you can. You now once again have a physical space, but the use of that space is going to be very different.
3: Yes. So with our new physical studio space, we will, I I won't say we never will, but right now um, we won't be running daily in-person studio classes. Um, The studio space is largely intended for us to have a space to film because I don't work alone, right? So every single time we were filming, I would have my teachers coming into my home, which is fine because we get along really well. We'd always end up kind of hanging out and filming a class and then chit-chatting afterwards. Um, but it also means that then when I'm traveling or if they're traveling, we always have to kind of like pre-film or like jam a bunch of work into like a short amount of time. And so I wanted to have a space where they could basically... Work around their own schedule. Time freedom and work freedom is really important to me. And so I wanted them to have the same opportunities to be able to, you know, if they have a spare moment of time or they're feeling really strong and energetic on, you know, a certain day, that they can come in and film on that day. Even if I'm not around or I'm not available, they can just come in, they do their thing, and then they go off, and um, the class would be there for me to edit and work through later on on my own schedule. So it'll definitely be used for that. And then, of course, my yoga teacher trainings, I now run, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but four. And there, and there are more, like waiting in the wings, which is crazy to think about. Four per year. Four per year. And I'll be using this space to live stream from. And then the in-person trainings will also be conducted out of this space. And I wanted to make sure, you know, it was really spacious so that everyone would be able to spread out. Um, and we've also designed it to be open air. So we have that opportunity to really sort of air out the space yeah. and have great ventilation, which is so important mm. in, you know, post-COVID. Are we even post-COVID now?
0: Yeah, who even knows? <laughs> still
3: COVID? Who well, even
0: knows? Is this still era? the yeah. 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 I'm really excited about this new business model because it feels... And you said it just earlier, you said time flexibility and location flexibility is so important to you. And it's become so important to a lot of people, I think. I think perhaps it always was. And COVID has accelerated some of the models that we can use to make that work for us. But your new space is like, it's partly a digital business. It's partly an in-person business with your trainings. It's part like a community space even, because your teachers are able to use it for their own private classes and event space. And this, to me, feels like the future of work, right? Adaptable, hybrid, flexible. So my question is, I guess, how did you know, or did you even know that this would work? Did you have an idea that this is what your customers
3: wanted? Honestly, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But... I I didn't even know that it would really develop into this model. If I'm being completely honest, it sort of evolved organically um, over time, just with putting different pieces together. Um, Initially, I was just going to close down the physical studio space that we had and move exclusively to be online. And I had no idea, you know, I just knew that I was going to be working exclusively online, didn't know for how long. So I just thought, let's just work with this right now and i'm sort of a one step at a time kind of person let's get this up and running and see how it goes and and trial it out and it's been really successful people really like it we have an amazing online community and student base and it's just gotten better with time what i always think about when i'm you know developing something new there's this saying that i heard years and years ago when i was you know still in high school And I can't even remember who it was that said it, but they basically said something to the effect that if you have an itch, other people might have it too. And a lot of the things that I've developed, most of all in this transition, like the master classes that we're going to be um, running, it's in seeing that there isn't anything out there. And me as a student being like, I wish I had this, but it doesn't exist. And then basically being like, okay, well, if it doesn't exist, I'm just going to build it. And thinking, well, you know, if I have that need or that desire as a student, then maybe there's other students out there that want the same thing or other teachers who are looking for a space to run a workshop or photographers who are looking for a bright and open space. So it creates like that diversity of income as well.
0: When you announced the opening of your new space on your blogs, you said, if you're making a big shift and you're scared shitless, I see you and I'm cheering you on. And firstly, thank you for this because it resonated with me. And I think it resonates with a lot of, um, my listeners because they're old people trying to find ways to do things differently. Um, but secondly, are you scared shitless? Everything you touch seems to work. (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't say that.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, in some ways I am. Yeah, I think I've always kind of been a little bit scared shitless before I, I make the big leap um, because there's uncertainty on the other side. We don't really know exactly how it's going to go. We hope for the best. Um, but <laughs> yeah, we don't really know what challenges we're going to meet on the other side. We don't know how hard it's going to be, if it's going to be successful. I've never really known. I've always kind of believed very deeply in, in my passion and my abilities. And so I think that's what actually propels me to take the leap, even when I am scared because I believe so fully in it and I'm excited about it. And I hope that other people will be too, but there is that, that fear, like, I really and, and I don't I still don't really know what I'm doing half the time it's all like trial and error I kind of try something I see if it works and I learn from my mistakes as I go along so that is scary too right you're putting yourself out there it's a vulnerable process learning on the fly
0: I mean definitely but also you know mm. there's also research that strongly suggests well proves even, the most successful entrepreneurs are ones that have made the most mistakes. Like that's, that correlates, right? Because the more mistakes you make, the more you learn. And they've tried to do things many different ways and tried to figure out what works and what doesn't. If you feel like you're scared shitless and you're going to make a mistake, I mean, it's extremely uncomfortable. And I'm, you know, I'm not no one to preach. I have... Been extremely risk risk averse throughout my entire life, but if you have those feelings, maybe it's actually a sign that you're on the right track.
3: Yeah, I I think it is, and I think a lot of those feelings come from the fact that innovation comes out of necessity, and you know it 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 comes out of looking at where there might be gaps or Mm -hmm. where there is a need to fill a gap, right? Yeah, and and because of that, because it hasn't been done before, because we maybe are uncertain whether it will work under, you know, our, the way we're going to do it and with the model that we're working with, um, I think that that's where maybe that fear comes from. But I think that that's a good thing because it, it says that we're on the road to innovation. And isn't that great? We're creating something new. Yeah. And I mean, even if
0: the worst happens, it's usually never as bad as... As it really could be, right? When you sit down and break it down, you know, what if something happened and you couldn't pay your rent anymore? You can usually find a soul for that if you were really in that situation.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, those fears are rational and they're very reasonable. Um, I, you know, before I've ever, done anything in business. I've always had a little bit of a, an idea of where I sit financially. Um, and so, and I do think that that's important, but I also think, you know, there are sometimes unforeseen circumstances perhaps like this year, right. That really just challenged the normal business model or, you know, trends that we thought we could rely on, um, and turned all of that upside down. And that could really make you know, making ends meet or, um, making your month very, very challenging. Mm-hmm. But when I sort of look at my own experience and I think about that wisdom that I am more than my business, my self-worth is not dependent on my business. If that were to happen and I wasn't able to make my rent, it has nothing to do with who I am as a person, you know? And so like it takes the, the shame out of, yes. you know, maybe not having a great month or not being able to make ends meet or having to close your business. Um, and definitely there's been moments where I felt like, you know, when I, when I did close our doors, there was a little edge of shame there. Like, have I failed? Is it that I can't hack it in business?
0: And did those thoughts come from you or was there noise from the community? homology yoga's closure of the physical space was some kind of failure. Was anyone actually saying that or was that all in your head? It's actually, it's
3: such a good question because I felt pretty okay with our closure. Like I had made peace with it. Of course there was like a little bit of nostalgia. Like I'll never walk through that space again. It was where I held my first yes. um, 200 hour yoga teacher training. Like there's a lot of significance to that. And yeah, there, there was, you know, perhaps on my own accord, like a small voice inside my head that was like, does it mean that, that I'm not good at this? But I, I think in because I had done so much work on myself, I had kind of settled it and said like, no, you know what, it just means that it didn't work here. It didn't work with this model. But I think that it could, maybe I can try again when I feel ready if I want to, right? But definitely the overwhelming sentiment from other people was pity and condolences.
1: Oh. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. so
3: sorry. A lot of, oh. you know, and I kind of just, <laughs> I'm sorry, that I just kind of was like, I don't really, you know, I'm not going to let it bother me. Um, but it, it made me feel like, I don't know if I should like say something like, it's okay. I'm not sad. Um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of people express like, I'm so sorry this has happened to you. And I was like, no, this is like a self-directed decision. Like, At the end of the day, when we closed our doors, um, it was because I I didn't see an end to the ongoing opening and closing and lockdown and not lockdown. And I thought if I was ever going to make a shift, it was going to be now. And I hopped on the opportunity, but yeah, it wasn't really a sad, a sad thing. So there was like this weird disconnect. And then I was starting to think, like, should I feel worse about this? (laughs) I don't know. It's interesting because... (laughs) I never
0: really saw it as the closure of a business. Amology as a business continues to exist. It's, exactly, yeah. It's a, It was a transition that happened because of things that were beyond your control, a global pandemic. But the business didn't close its doors. It existed. You continue to serve your community. You just did it in a slightly different way. You know, someone recently told me um, that you can only control the controllables and whenever you're facing a difficult decision or in a challenging part, uh, place in your life, focus on controlling the controllables because that's really all any of us can do. And I think it's a helpful mindset. And I, I also think that it was something that you talked about when we first sat down and chatted together, you were talking about how yoga grounds you and how it ho- helps you to focus on, you know, what you can actually impact. And because your business has gone through such transformation over the last sort of 18 months, how do you get comfortable with uncertainty?
3: I wouldn't really say that I'm necessarily comfortable with uncertainty, although it may <laughs> come off that way, like it looks like i run straight towards it. I'm like, ooh, that looks uncomfortable. Let me jump I'm in. I'm just going to do it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I, just my, my, I feel like I need a lesson right now. <laughs> yeah. I need to teach myself something.
3: I'm going to dive into the uncertainty. It does look that way, doesn't it? <laughs> um, I, yeah, I wouldn't say that I am comfortable with uncertainty, but I think that I understand uncertainty and its presence a lot better I think we talked about this either in our first chat together or like over a breakfast at some point but I remember telling you that in the yoga industry there there were prior to you know the pandemic there were certain trends that we could rely on you know peak periods and Um, ways of structuring a class, ways of structuring a schedule, these kinds of things to achieve a certain result each month and to be able to, like, kind of build a business plan, if you will. But with COVID-19 and the certain restrictions that we have in operating a physical business and these kinds of things, that's kind of turned all of those trends upside down. Like, they just kind of, I would say, don't exist anymore. But... Something that has sort of dawned on me in probably only this year, you know, I look at at the pandemic and COVID-19 as like this external factor that turned everything upside down, right? But when I started to look at it a little bit deeper, I realized that even those trends and things that I actually believed were certainties were in fact often and on almost a regular basis challenged. So, you know, for instance, we live in the tropics and when it rains here, (laughs) you know, the traffic is insane. It's, it's a whole thing. Um, and you know, it just, it's sort of one of those things where as soon as it rains, everyone has to like write off their evening. Yeah. No one turns up. Class numbers drop, you know, on evenings where normally you would have a packed out class. Suddenly you have five no-shows. So, you know, there were situations like that. There were situations wherein you might plan to have a workshop on a certain weekend and suddenly um, there's a huge event going on on that same weekend. And that challenges your ability to maybe fill that workshop. So I think it just showed me that there are actually very few certainties. And so I think that one of the things that I always come back to is why I started. Why did I start this? I go into my core values. And so long as I sit in that, whatever sort of uncertainties I'm faced with, they kind of, they're there and I'll deal with them and I'll manage them. But at the end of the day, they won't be earth shattering. Right? If the reason I started, and it is, it's to share my love of the practice of yoga. So if the class is smaller that evening, it's not earth shattering, you know, it's not ego shattering. Um, yeah. And so I think like that's how I manage uncertainty, if anything, it's sort of coming back to those core values and sitting in that. And as long as I lead with that, then whatever happens will happen. Um, Mm -hmm. and I can be be okay with with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So then what are you looking forward to in 2022?
3: I think all of us are like, (laughs) we're proceeding with like caution into 2022. Yeah. I saw this meme the other day that was like, nobody yet has posted like, 2022 is going to be my year. (laughs) (laughs) You made me laugh so hard because I think we all tried to do it in 2019 and then 2020 and now we're like... 2021, 2022. Yeah. Um, definitely. I mean, I haven't seen my family in a really long time. I haven't traveled home to Canada in a while. I am very much looking forward to being able to make a trip back. And I, and I'm grateful now that, you know, this business model will definitely afford me the time to be able to do so and be able to work remotely, which is just, yeah, such a gift. And then I am definitely looking forward to teaching some in-person trainings. It's so energetically fulfilling. You know, it's 20 days of just fully immersing and nerding out over all of the yoga things. I just love it. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that because I do think, like, the in-person environment breeds a different kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And also creates a different kind of energy. Definitely. Which
3: yeah. just...
0: It's so difficult to replicate that online. It's been amazing to watch homology ride all of these waves and, um, and come out with a, quite a different, but I think really beautiful product at the end of it. And it's, you know, it's not just something I'm saying, right? Like you've said yourself, and we've had conversations about this in the past, you know, you have the, the, the students and the subscribers to back it up. You know, this model works.
3: Yeah. It's been really uh, an awesome experiment to see evolve. Yeah,
0: tough ride, I'm sure, but a pretty exciting one too. Absolutely. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in, not just today, but also for joining me on this journey and sharing a little bit of your day with me each week. I really hope that these dots of purpose are helping you find and grow your own. A very, very Merry Christmas for all of those around the world celebrating and Happy New Year. You'll hear from me again next year in January, but bye for now.